Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another Breakdown bonus episode. This is really warming my heart. And you want to know why? Because I'm on a Zoom call right now with Lexi and Justin. I cannot remember the last time that we all did a Breakdown bonus together. It's been a while. I feel like I haven't seen Lexi in forever. Cue the back together music. Uh, hey, we're getting the band back together. Hey, the boys are back in town. High school musical. Uh, back in town. Anyway, I'm having these two on because this is a, a topic about being the other woman and just a little spoiler alert we're gonna have another episode that's kind of similar to this one so i thought you know what i'll save a specific interview with a mental health expert for later but why not get the gang on board i will be referencing a podcast that i listened to earlier today called the open house podcast and there was so much relatable advice and little tidbits that i'll be tying into this episode that we'll be referencing that i just felt like we're so perfect so i'll link that in the episode description if you want to listen to that later it's definitely going to be more of like a mental health focused episode. One more thing before we get into things, I would also like to know to the people listening, if you have any interest in attending a live podcast event in Atlanta, the podcast network that I recently signed with, we've had a couple of discussions about doing like a small live event sometime this summer, which I think would be so fun. But I'm also kind of terrified about organizing something and then nobody wanting to come. If that makes sense. Like I just, I had like a nightmare about it last night about organizing this really cool event and then like looking out in the crowd and there being like three people there. Uh, if you'd be interested, please let me know. Hit me up in the DMs. Don't be a stranger. I really actually want to get some kind of like head count. Okay, I'm going to send you a DM right now. I'm in. <laughs> no, Justin, you're going to be the literal father by the time that thing happens. Everybody wants to meet coworker Justin. No, I know everybody wants to meet coworker Justin, but coworker Justin has to meet his literal baby. Mm-hmm. I can bring the baby. <laughs> or is this, uh, is this like a 21 and up event? Like We, can- we need all the people that we can get showing up to uh, the break a breakdown live podcast of events. Bring the baby so that there will be five people there and not three. Okay, cool. So let's start breaking into this episode. So this story starts out, it's a workplace romance. They get together and for the first year, you know, things are a little tumultuous. There's just one thing. He wants to keep it a secret. And in this story, it can be really easy to be naive at that age. If you haven't been in a serious relationship before where he's like, well, my family wouldn't approve and I also want to keep it under wraps because we're at work. It's funny because I feel like we're all at an age where we hear that and we're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Could you ever be in a relationship with someone where they're like, oh, we can date. It just has to be a secret. No. Lexi's like, immediately now? It's like, an immediate red flag. I-, I can't imagine dating anybody at any age and being like, oh, you want to keep it a secret? That seems healthy. That seems like there's nothing shady going on. You know, I had this conversation with a friend the other day. You know, some people think 
think it's so crazy that like you date to marry and all these things. But it's like I've always just dated with an end game. Like, oh, if, if I'm not going to marry you, then this is just like wasting my time. I have like this big secret relationship and the family wouldn't approve it. And you're never going to come to a positive conclusion at the end. Then like, what, what are you doing? I just feel like if you're not dating with the intent of this being something you're proud to be in, what's the point? And I feel like you said that that he was able to provide quote unquote good reasons to keep it under wraps. They might sound like good reasons, but I also don't feel like there's ever an actual good reason. The second you said family wouldn't approve, I'm like, well, that's a horrible start. Yeah, the only reason I could think of is, okay, they might lose their jobs. But other than that, yeah. Work makes a little bit of sense, but even then it's like, okay, you go report it to HR or something and then things work. Yeah, that was the main point of contention because then he eventually ends up moving and she's like, okay, well, why does it need to be a secret now? And that's when he started using the family excuse. She's like, we don't work together anymore. So what is even the point of trying to keep this under wraps in any capacity? Makes no sense to me. It's because you don't want the the other ones to know. (laughs) Yeah, and that's obviously what we're going to get into. That's what we obviously find out in this story. So she starts catching a vibe as one does when their partner's like, hey, Let's keep this a complete secret. And one day, I love this part. She looked through his phone because she had his password. When she expects to see nudes or sketchy text messages, she gets shocked. She gets hit in the face with literal wedding photos from this guy's actual wedding. And I think it's really easy for us. Well, I think there was even a part where when we were recording this interview, she was kind of like looking back at me and like, yeah, probably shouldn't have believed this at this point in time. But she's like, when were you going to tell me you were married? And he says, well, I just married her so that she could be a citizen and move to this country. She was like, fair enough. Wow, you're a great person for doing that. And she be- believes him and she chooses to stay. That's the blinders are on. That, that's exactly what that is. That's not a, you're, you're not listening to reason at that point. If it wasn't the secret relationship for me, it would have been the wedding photos. It's the wedding photos for me. I'm not saying that that's an excuse at all because you still married the girl, but did she like citizenship? I think she legitimately did. But as we later found out in the episode, they'd been together for 10 years. He was like, oh, she's just a friend. And we just got married so that she could come live here with us, which like, oh, that is like really sweet. But at the same time, yeah, but if you're doing a good deed like that, then tell the person you're dating like, hey, I'm crazy about you, but I'm going to help my friend out. But like, that's the thing. Like, that's what's shady. You know what? I guess it might have been different if he had been upfront with it. But the thing is, is that she found the photos. Like, it was obvious that he was being shady about it. Yeah. The fact that like, yeah, you can say you did it for that, but it's like, okay, well, then why were you upfront with like uh, at the very beginning? Hey, here's the deal. Like I'm married and it was to help this person get citizenship. We're friends. We've been friends for whatever it is. Like if you tell me that beforehand, I don't find these photos later, mm-hmm. then maybe that changes some things, but still probably doesn't, honestly. And we actually, we talked about this on the full interview, me and the person that I interviewed. When I asked her, I was like, why did you stay with this guy? Like, what what was it about him? She honestly, she said, you know, I didn't get a lot of attention when I was younger. And so honestly, it could have been anybody. It's this guy who's showing me attention and I was all for it. And in the podcast that I referenced earlier, where it was a sex therapist or in a relationship therapist talking about being the other woman, they talked a lot about how when you're the other woman or when you're in any kind of relationship where you're not the chosen 
in one where you're like the side chick, essentially, Mm -hmm. you are likely suffering from low self-esteem, which is what it sounded like when I was in this interview with her. And this therapist said, you have to have a strong sense of self-esteem and self-worth to know that you deserve someone who's going to choose you for you and not be an escape for somebody. And I thought that was a really interesting way of putting it because when you are a side chick or the other woman, it's like that other person gets to escape to you where they just get to live in this world or like an alternate reality almost where you get to be like their alternate partner. It's not like a therapist, but in a way you're like their release, their getaway, their comfort blanket, if you will, you know, like that's what you are in that scenario. That from the other side, your significant other of a long time has made the decision to cheat and you feel like, oh, well, I was none of those things that this person probably feels. So that thrill that the other woman is feeling being like, I'm so great because like you're choosing me over being like, I'm the fun part for you. Or significant others being like, oh, well, I, I wasn't fun enough, which is why you chose someone. Yeah, they actually talk about that in in the podcast episode. So amazing that you just brought that up, that it's like there's almost a little bit of a thrill of you're being chosen in a different way. Not that this person even knew that she was the other woman in this particular instance, but for anybody who's maybe in a situation that's sort of adjacent to this, it's like you are being chosen in a different way. And there's somewhat of an excitement to that as well. But when it just comes to low self-esteem, we've been talking about that recently on the breakdown bonus episodes that I've been doing. I did an episode with a therapist. Her name is Dr. Margaret Rutherford. You can go back and check out that episode. And I was literally like, I feel like we talk about self-esteem all the time on the podcast. What does one do to value themselves and to feel more self-confident. She gave me a great answer where she was like, go look at a sunset and just enjoy your company. I'm like, that sounds really romantic and sweet, but I think it comes down to to just feeling competent in your own life in different areas. And so maybe that does start with enjoying time by yourself and just going to look at a sunset and enjoying your own company so you know that you don't need somebody else to fill up your own cup. I've noticed that with some friends, like I have a lot of friends that are still doing the every night they're going out, every night they're drinking, they're calling, hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? And I'm like, no. I'd rather stay home and chill. And they're like, yeah, but you know, your wife is working till eight. So come out with us. I'm like, no, I'd rather be at the house alone in quiet than go do that. And to that, it's like in the back of my mind, I'm like, what are you guys trying to run away from? What are you trying to go out to get away from so that you can distract yourself from whatever it is it feels like you're trying to distract yourself? Yeah. And I think to an extent, a lot of people in their 20s do that. And I say a lot of people with myself included, oh, I want to go out because I want to get hit on. I want to feel pretty or desirable for a night or I want to feel fun. And so, yeah, there's a little bit of escapism in just the activities that we do, too, if we're running away from a partner or running away from from something else in our life. And so I think that shows, Justin, that you're very confident. You have a lot of self-worth because you're just comfortable. You're like, I don't need to go out and like fill some kind of void. My wife's going to come home. We're going to eat some ice cream. I'm going to rub her little pregnant ba- belly and it's going to be really sweet. And then yeah. once the kid he- is here, I'll be going out to get away from the crying. That's when we'll be compensating and getting out. Oh, of- there you go. That's literally <laughs> what it's going to be. Something else that they talked about on the podcast that we brought up before is something called intermittent reinforcement. And it's funny, my, my best friend Virginia brought it up on a bonus episode that we did together because she did a research study with rats who were addicted to cocaine and they were basically studying the psychology of addiction. And so they would give the cocaine at intermittent times. So like they would press a lever and sometimes the cocaine would come out and sometimes it wouldn't. But it was like once every five times what they would keep pressing the lever in hopes that something was going to happen, that they were going to be able to get that high. And so you can relate that a lot to a relationship like this that maybe feels a little 
unsteady and rocky and maybe you're not on solid ground where you're just constantly chasing that high. Okay, so in this story, she eventually breaks things off. It, it was a really beautiful moment. She said that she saw her friends and family members in these really healthy relationships. And she said to herself, she's like, you know what? I don't deserve to be treated the way that I'm getting treated right now. I actually want that. So she does something really brave and confident and she breaks things off with him. And then his wife reaches out. And I think this is an, an interesting thing that happens because she conspires with the person that we interviewed, the other woman, to confront him, essentially. And I want to know how you feel about this. Do you think confronting him together in person was the right move? Now, here, here's the thing. I love it because I'm here for the plot. And that's exactly what our interviewee said, too. How do you think one should handle it if they find out that they are the other woman, the side chick, whoever? This is like a three-part question. And the reason I say this for someone who's like been in a similar situation, because I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's like, obviously, like I've been cheated on and I made the decision to reach out to it was my ex who was dating someone. And then when we were in the let's get back together phase, I didn't know she was dating someone. So I reached out and said like, hey, apparently I'm the other woman here, even though I thought I was like first. And that girl's sibling contacted me and said, you should never you should never call the girl. And I said, what do you mean? I was looking out for her. Like, I didn't feel like I was in the wrong being like, hey, you're also being cheated on. But she seemed to disagree with me. And we've talked about this before. But I guess the factor is, is I said, hey, I don't want you to get hurt in the same way I have. Almost playing like teammates. Like, hey, we have both been wronged by this person. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about going to the man and being like, hey, like together, like we know what you're doing. I think it really depends. Like, do you think you should be on the same team as the other girl or do you think they're the enemy? It really felt like they were on the same team in the way that she was describing the situation because they end up confronting him and he starts talking to his wife in another language. And so now the wife's kind of pissed off because she's like, well, hold up. Wait a minute. Please speak in English so that we can all be involved in this conversation. Because the wife could have easily called her up and been like, how dare you sleep with my husband? Blah, 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 blah. I think it's good that they were on the same team because they were both wronged by this guy. But where it gets a little bit tricky is that the wife ends up staying together with this guy. And so it's like, yeah, you're on the same team, but to what extent? Right. Well, yeah. And and I just feel like if you, you never know what someone's going to do when you back them into a corner. Mm -hmm. And so like the worst case scenario in that is like, say you, you both confront him and then he gets physical. Like, do you really want, you know what I mean? Like to be able to confront someone in that and then that's the way they react. That's like worst case scenario. So like my, that was my first thought is like, yes, it's, it's good to confront, but like if you did it in a way that like gets you physically hurt you don't want that either and yeah that's got to be a concern as well now that you bring that up i can imagine that would be a really scary situation if it went wrong and luckily right. the thing that happened in this scenario was he ended up storming out and actually blaming the person that we interviewed he stormed out and said thanks for ruining my life which yeah. when i heard that i immediately i mean obviously not a therapist so i can't diagnose him but in the podcast that i keep referencing the open house podcast they asked like what kind of person keeps two different relationships going like what kind of personality problems do you need to have to be able to do that i guess the words like really into themselves like think they are the world's best thing ever you know what i mean 
I mean? Like you have to really think you're something to be, to feel like you're okay to get away with something like that too. Yeah. Well, also not being afraid of consequences. The way that they described it is I would put this guy in the narcissist box. Like if you don't have empathy for the fact that you're A, going to wrong your wife, but B, you're putting quote unquote the other woman in this situation that at in this particular story, like she didn't know that she was the other woman. You know what I mean? And so now you're causing, you're doing something really traumatic to this person as well. And it'll follow them through life, you know? Like even if they're not thinking about it, it's still something that might pop up randomly and and that's never fun to deal with either. So I think the biggest fact that Abby is like they're they're proceeding without worrying about consequence of these things because like I can't speak for it. I can only speak for it as someone who's been cheated on, not who's been a cheater. Clearly they feel like they're winning in two ways. If like you're getting away with cheating, you feel like you're way, you know, it's like, oh, well, one of them's going to stay with me because one of both of them agreed to it at the beginning. They don't act on the fact that like, okay, well, what do I like doing this? What do I have to lose? When it comes to having to move on from this type of situation, I thought the podcast, again, that I keep referencing the Open House podcast, the two therapists had a really incredible piece of advice for moving on from someone who's really wronged you in this way, from someone who's manipulated you and who has really tried to control this relationship in this situation. And they said, instead of blaming yourself for being the other woman, if we want to put it that way, and inflicting that kind of pain on yourself, in order to move on, you got to reflect those those feelings of repulsion onto the person that did this to you. So mm-hmm. instead of saying, I'm so dumb, I can't believe that I stayed with this guy even though he was clearly married, you have to say, I'm so thankful that I've realized that this is not a situation that's healthy for me. And because it's not healthy for me, because there's something wrong with the other person and what they're going through, I need to leave the situation and focus more on that rather than blaming yourself. Yeah. And I would even think too, being like, why would I want to be with somebody that's willing to do that, that ugly the thing. Why would I want to be with that somebody? Like you said, I deserve better. I'm going to go find somebody that realizes my worth in a way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm agreeing as much as much as, uh, as much as I can be agree. People don't often ask themselves, why do I want to be in this situation? We talked about it with our boy, Mac and Murphy. There's so many people who are constantly chasing the idea of getting chosen that they don't know when to walk away because they want to be chosen. So I was like me, myself, I've been like, well, you know, at the end of the day, I just like ultimately want to be the one to be told, hey, I messed up. It is you. And like so many people stick around for those reasons, hoping that one day it's just going to be like, you know, like, no, I can't lose you. Lexi, as you are moving through, moving past heartbreak, I'm wondering if there's anything that's been helpful for you as you've been working through this as well, because the person I interviewed, she's really going through it right now where she's scared to get back in the game and she's having a hard time dating again because it's scary to put yourself out there. Like, do you have any thoughts on getting through heartbreak? Like, is there something that's been helpful for you? Um, A couple of things. We actually touched a lot on it up at the beginning of the call today about like being okay alone you know there there's two big fears when you get out of a relationship it's like one how am I going to feel being alone and two the thought of like starting over again you know you see those memes where it's like I'm done hearing people's favorite colors but into perspective two years ago I lived in Buffalo would go out all the time with my friends was very like miss social and then moved to Florida for two years to learn a lot about one meeting new people and two also being okay alone and like I've come home and there's been nights where I I call my mom and I'm like, so-and-so keeps asking me to hang out and I just like want to do nothing. Like I'm okay doing nothing. And then like dealing with the heartbreak of things. Okay, like what have I been afraid of being alone? You know, like I get to make my own choices. I get to do what's best for me. And sometimes, you know, the therapy said to me recently, I've been like, okay, when it comes to my ex and my friends are kind of like, no, you should be like upset and you should be angry. And my therapist said, she's like, you know, the longer you carry it, the heavier it is. I'm carrying the hatred, the, the pain, all these things. It's like, I'm not welcoming 
welcoming you back with open arms, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm no longer carrying the weight of it bothering me anymore. Yeah. Wow. That's really impactful. It's like everything, right? Like even if you're in the gym, if you're trying to do a set of 10 push-ups, that 10th one's going to be harder than the first one. So the longer you're, like you said, longer you're holding on to something, the heavier it's going to feel and the heavier it's going to be. And maybe the more relieving it'll feel when you finally do let go. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you both for coming on and breaking down this week's bonus episode. Again, if you want to check out that podcast that I kept referencing throughout this episode, I think there's so many things that I thought tied in so beautifully to this person's story that I think would be incredibly impactful for you to listen to if this was a story that resonated with you. I'm going to link that in the episode description. It's called The Open House Podcast. Lexi and Justin, thank you again for coming on. I always love having you here. Miss you too. I miss you. And that's how I'm going to end the episode. I'll see you whenever you said to tune in next.